Hi, I'm Tracy, an impassioned lady on a quest to slay working motherhood and find fulfillment. I'm here to help you navigate the beautiful and damned in the life of a working mom. I'm a PA, mom, wife, and lover of fashion who is guiding my fellow working moms to ditch the dread and find fulfillment in the wonder and the war zone that is modern motherhood. I teach you the clinical pearls you need to create a life you love, pearls you can apply today to change your life tomorrow. Skirt around those heavy real life topics? No way. Here you'll get an unfiltered ringside seat. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parenting, step-parenting, marriage, motherhood, faith, and finances are all topics we will sit down and unpack together. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all the motivation and encouragement you need to help navigate working motherhood. Each week, it's like a mom's night out had a baby with a TED Talk. Then the mom's night out went back to work. Pull up a seat, get settled, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged. This is Fulfilled, the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. Financial freedom is desired by many, but the road to get there is more about sacrifice than things that are shiny and new. I am so excited that today on episode 25 of Fulfilled, can we just take a moment and celebrate the fact that this is our 25th episode This podcast was once just a pipe dream, something that I thought about and wanted to share and to have it be a platform to share my journey and interview experts and share stories and inspiration and education for it to be a place that you could come weekly and be refreshed and entertained and inspired. If you've been with us from the beginning, thank you for being a loyal follower and listener. I so appreciate you. If you are new or just tuning in, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. This community of listeners is filled with working moms and women in healthcare who are reaching for a better life, a truer, more beautiful version of themselves, and fulfillment instead of that feeling of frazzle and overwhelm. We are all about ditching the dread, ousting overwhelm, and finding a life that fills you up instead of depletes you. Thank you for joining us. Okay, back to the topic at hand, financial freedom. We proudly live a life free of debt of any kind. We have no credit cards, not even ones that we pay off every month. We have no car payments, no car leases, and even our home mortgage is paid off. We vowed together as a couple before we were even married to pay off all of our debt, including our mortgage, and we decided that once we did that, we would never go back into debt ever. Today, I'm going to share how we did that, things we do on a monthly basis to stay on top of our finances and out of debt, and how we plan and invest for the future. Here we go. The first thing we did is we made it non-negotiable. I am a follower of Dave Ramsey and the Dave Ramsey method, which you will hear me reference often in this podcast and also on social media. Dave Ramsey teaches a series of financial steps called the seven baby steps. It's no big secret and you can find it on Google, but here are the seven baby steps. One, save a thousand dollar emergency fund and stop borrowing money. Two, pay off all of your debt except the house using the debt snowball. Three, save an emergency fund of three to six months of household expenses. Four, invest 15% of your household income into retirement. Five, save for your kid's college. Six, 
Pay off your mortgage as soon as possible. Seven, build wealth and give. I had been a follower of Dave Ramsey's teachings since I was a teenager and well into adulthood. As a matter of fact, through today. (laughs) When Dan and I met, I was getting ready to graduate from PA school. I couldn't wait to have a real income and to beef up my monthly budget, which had honestly previously just been living off of my savings, biding my time until the end of PA school when I'd start earning checks in an income form instead of writing checks for tuition. We met, and in the early stages of dating, I loaned Dan a copy of Dave Ramsey's book, Financial Peace, and told him that continuing to date me was contingent upon him reading it. It wasn't an ultimatum as much as just a fact. I swear, it it really wasn't as harsh as it sounds. Dan read the book and immediately drank the Kool-Aid, as it is often said about the Dave Ramsey plan. We decided together that we would live our lives on a budget. Within our means, we would pay off our debt and then our home, and we would leave a legacy for our children that would be a blessing to them. We determined that living within our means was non-negotiable. It was something we decided was necessary to live the lives we dreamed of. Living on less than we made was the ticket to paying off of debt, to being able to save and invest for the kids' college and for our retirement and for building wealth in the future, and to be able to give back to those in need. This margin was necessary to make traction, so we decided this margin must exist. It doesn't have to be a wide margin. It doesn't have to be tons of money, but you do have to live on less than you make each and every month. That is how you make progress financially. We followed the instructions of a trusted advisor and we walked our way through the baby steps that Dave Ramsey teaches. We had together as a couple decided on a course of action and agreed to stick to it. During this time, we practiced total immersion. (laughs) We listened to his podcast, we shopped on a budget, super small, we trimmed our budget, and we lived on as little as possible. We knocked off Baby Steps 1 and 2 as or just before we got married, and immediately we went forward with saving three to six months of expenses so we could put a check mark behind Baby Step 3 as well. During that time, we facilitated a Financial Peace University course. We actually attended one as students before we were married, when we were seriously considering and talking about and planning for getting married. And then after we were married, we offered Financial Peace University, or FPU, as it's called, at our home church. We had a group of couples and individuals who took the course with us, and we remain friends with several of them today. They say, if you really want to understand something, that you should teach it. And being the facilitators of this course was really powerful for us as a newlywed couple. We hope to facilitate another course again someday. Okay, so baby steps one, two, and three were complete. So we moved on to baby step four, which saved 15% of your income for retirement. We chose to take advantage of the company match for 401k or 403b investments at work, and we each set our savings to 15% of our gross income. It's important to note that we paused or deferred these investments and the matches during the season when we were paying off our debt and saving our emergency fund. 
we wanted to be singularly focused on moving the needle on the debt payoff and the savings so we could get back to investing. For me, that was a huge motivator because I didn't want to be like missing out on the market. And so as soon as we hit the six month of expenses mark of savings, we turned the investing back on full speed ahead. Yep, I know that in doing this, you miss the opportunity for free money that is your employer match, but there is power in the intentional focus on getting traction, paying off of debt, and getting your savings set up to avoid borrowing in the future. Yep, we know we weren't investing for retirement at that time. We understood the opportunity cost of not adding to our retirement but we decided that being all in on saving to prevent future borrowing and paying off of debt was more important. This required communication between us and wholehearted commitment to the process. We decided that this plan, this journey that we were on, that we were going to trust the process and that we were all in and all pulling in the same direction. In terms of our marriage, this was a key component for us. It meant that we were agreeing that the outcome was worth it and that pausing our investment was a sacrifice we were willing to make and we both understood that it was temporary. I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you start to make traction toward those big, scary financial goals. If you are looking to trim up your budget, to make progress towards paying off your house, saving for your kid's college, or taking that dream vacation to the tropics, I have just the thing for you. It is a free guide I created of 12 things to quit buying that will save you $15,000 a year. You can find the link in the show notes or go to tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. That's tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. Get ready to start saving major money and making real traction toward those big financial goals. So steps four, five, and six you do simultaneously. So step four is save 15% for retirement. Step five is save for kids college. At the time, we had only two kids to save for, so we worked backwards. And we still do this today with saving for our little and big kids. We set a goal of X dollars to be saved for them for tuition, room, and board. We factored in for growth from investing the money, and we began automatically saving however many dollars each month for each kid for college. We saved this into a 529, which is a type of investment that allows for tax-free growth for the parent um, to choose mutual funds to invest the money in. So we work with an investment person who helps us to choose where we invest that money for the kids. And we determine the rate at which we save for college based on how much we want to have saved when each of those kids turns 18. So it went like... 18 minus 8 equals a kid who's age 10. So I have eight years to save for this kid's college, and I want him to have X number of dollars for tuition, room, and board, and then figure out how much you need to save monthly in order to make that number a reality. We also would increase what we would save for college if for some reason there was a bonus or something that we got that was above and beyond our regular income for that month only, we would bump up what we were saving for college because college is expensive. 
Um, I'll do a whole nother episode sometime on college tuition, applying to college scholarships, all that jazz, but that is for another day. Baby step six is pay off the house. So as we were saving for college, as we were saving for retirement, we were aggressively guns a-blazing paying off the mortgage. We tried to keep our living expenses as low as possible, and we threw literally every extra dollar that we could find from anything onto the mortgage. While we were doing this, it was not a particularly fun season of marriage where we were really scrimping and saving and trying to make sure we had everything pointed towards the mortgage. But in doing so, we were able to pay off our mortgage in 36 months. Yes, we know that that timeline is not going to look the same for everyone. But do you know what is possible for everyone? Being intentional with your finances, setting goals, utilizing a budget, and sticking to it. It's the way that you make progress towards your financial goals. So how do we do this? We budget each and every month. Each and every month, on paper, on purpose, as my pal Dave would say, we do something called a zero-based budget. This means that you put your income at the top of the paper. Every single dollar that you're going to earn that month goes on the top of the paper. Then you walk down through each category, tithing or giving, saving and investing, household expenses, food, clothing, entertainment, vacation, babysitters, diapers, essential oils, Tracy's shoes, everything you're going to spend that month goes into a category. Now, not all these categories are going to be used each month. Things like clothing for members of the family that aren't Tracy, vacation, homeowners insurance, disability, and life insurance. We use sinking funds for those, which means we figure out when the bill is due and then we divide by the number of months until the payment is due and save that much per month. Say we have an upcoming expense that's $1,200 and we have 12 months until it's due. We put $100 a month into the fund. It rolls over every month until next August when that bill is due. There's $1,200 to write a check for the homeowner's insurance. We utilize the Every Dollar Budgeting app. It's created by Ramsey Solutions and it's available on laptop, computer, iPhone, Android. There are both free and paid versions. We used the free version for years and we recently invested in the paid version. The main difference with the paid version is that it links directly to your bank account and it syncs your purchases and income so that they pull directly from your bank into the Every Dollar app and you just have to categorize them. You don't have to log them manually every time you spend money. From there, it's super easy. You drag and drop the purchases and income into the proper categories. You can see how much you've spent this month in any category, how much money remains. And they just made an update with some pretty cool analytics on running analytics on the last couple of months, what you invested, earned, saved, and spending that you can run if you are a super nerd like me. Here's how the budgeting works at our house. I am the nerd, so I make the budget every month. Dan and I sit down before the month begins and we review what happened last month, wins, savings, things that we bought, etc. And we look at the budget for the upcoming month, what we're going to earn, what we're giving, saving, investing, spending, what sinking funds have what amount of money in them, and we review upcoming expenses. We do this each and every month on Sunday night as part of our parent meeting. And so that's how we budget. Can you tell that I'm excited about this? I love budgeting. So cool. So as I mentioned earlier, 
We live on less than we make and we don't borrow money ever. Each month, the budget absolutely has to balance. It has to be zero at the bottom of the page. It can't be $1,000. It can't be negative $1,000. We don't spend more in any month than we earn. Yes, there are absolutely things that we would love to buy, but we don't buy anything unless we have the money saved. We don't borrow money for anything ever, and we've committed to never go back into debt ever. If we want to upgrade our house, if we want to redo our kitchen, if we want to purchase a bigger home, buy a new car, go on vacation, send our kids to college, we have to have saved the money before we make that purchase or that commitment to tuition in the situation of college. Ultimately, we know that that is the best way to build wealth and to leave a legacy that is a blessing to our children and our children's children and their children. We truly believe that debt isn't a blessing to anyone but the folks we owe money to. If you're collecting interest on someone else's debt, debt is a blessing to you. If you owe someone else money and you're paying interest on it, it's not a blessing. We've had to let go of keeping up with the Joneses. Okay, so the data says that 7 out of 10 Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. This means that when you leave your home and you drive to work, the 10 houses that you pass Seven of those families would be scrambling to pay their bills if they lost an income or had an emergency. The Joneses are broke. They are living paycheck to paycheck. They are in your neighborhood and they are on your newsfeed and they have shiny cars and fancy vacations and pricing clothing and likely what looks like boatloads of money. If you want a life of big hat, no cattle, as they say in Texas, or lots of status symbols that make you appear rich and appear to be doing well, living a life to be rich by society standards, you should go ahead and try to keep up with the Joneses. But if you want a life where you have the financial freedom to have choices, to build savings, to invest for the future, and to create wealth, then you should avoid all similarities to the Joneses. We've had to let go and let God. For me, this one is the hardest one. The Bible tells us so many things about debt, about being indebted to others, and how to live our lives in a way that is going to be a blessing to the world. The best way to bless others, the best way to have a positive impact on this world, to be able to live and give generously, is to put yourself in a position where you have margin to do those things. You can't change the world if you can't make rent. You can't change the world if you can't pay your electric bill. It's unfortunate, but it's true. I once watched this segment where they were talking about money and holding on to money with a tight, closed fist versus an open palm. If we live with an open palm, money flows in and money flows out, and we are simply the messenger. The money isn't the root of all evil, and the Bible is often misquoted as saying that, but rather... The love of money is the root of all evil. As we see ourselves as the steward of God and and as this money, this home, these kids are ours for but a moment in time, the best possible thing we can do for them is to raise them and treat them and use them for the glory of the kingdom. It will change the way we manage our finances and also the way that we raise our children. I love control and planning and spreadsheets. Years ago, I served as the stewardship director for our church. 
And in serving in that role, I did a lot of research and also a lot of soul searching about what it meant to be a good steward for God and his blessings. It was a real growth experience for me. God doesn't want us to just stockpile wealth more and more so that we can live and die on a pile of money, but he wants us to build wealth to bless others. What if instead of seeing it as selfish and greedy, we saw the accumulation of wealth as an act of service and we aim to use that wealth for the good of the order? Every day in my Start Today journal, I write 10 things as though they've already happened, 10 dreams as though I've already achieved them. And one of them is we travel to see and serve the world. I see a future in which we travel the world to share it with our children. And along the way, we find ways to bless those in the destinations that we travel to. That we can combine vacation adventures with service trips. And in this way, our family can experience the world while helping those that live near and far. Another thing I write is our lake house is a place of joy, peace, and making memories that brings our family together. Oh, you didn't know about our lake house? That's because it only exists in Dan and I's minds. We talk about it often and we can see it clearly in our minds. It's a place where someday I will be recording podcasts in the summertime. We have this clear vision for what our future holds. We talk about it with our children and we've shared age-appropriate information with our older kids, particularly as it relates to the college application and tuition cost selection of college. Money is something we talk about regularly as a couple and as a family. Our journey has been far from perfect, but we are growing together as we fail forward in this attempt to leave a legacy of financial freedom for our family. I am so passionate about this information. I love sharing about our journey. If you're interested, I'll include the link to the YouTube video of our debt-free scream on the Dave Ramsey show in the lobby in Nashville, Tennessee. We look so much younger and well-rested. Colby is only a year and a half old and Archer was a tiny, tiny baby growing in my belly at the time. We were debt-free and we were so excited to mark the occasion and to yell it on the show and to share it with the world. And still, I want to shout it from the rooftops, but not so much that I want it to be about us, but rather I want to share with others how we were able to do it and what a blessing it's been since that time. We are loving living in baby step seven, which is to build wealth and give it away. So to recap the things that we're doing to help us live this debt-free life, we made it non-negotiable. We decided to live on less than we make each and every month. And that is how we make progress toward our financial goals. We have a budget every single month. We committed to never borrowing money for any purchases whatsoever We gave up trying to keep up with the Joneses and we had to let go and let God and put faith in something greater than ourselves and to give back to the world in which we live. Do not worry if you are hearing this and you are on baby step one or even on baby step zero. Let this serve as a kick in the pants, a pat on the back and a gentle nudge that it's time for you to get healthy financially and that financial freedom is in fact attainable. There you have it. That is what we did step-by-step, the principles that we adopted and things that we did in our relationship that we do ongoing monthly to make sure that we're staying on top of things financially. We followed the baby steps. 
you don't have to do this plan, but you do need to have a plan, a plan for your money so that you know where it's going and where you are going. It's so important to get clear on your destination and to dream of what your life would look like if you had no payments and no debt, and then decide that that dream is worth sacrificing this year, this month, today, so that you can live a life with less stress and no payments. Way more financial episodes coming up. You guys have been asking for this, and it is such an important thing to get control of. When you are financially free, it helps you to make decisions based on what truly in your heart of hearts you know is best for your family and not that you're strapped to a job or a paycheck or making sure that your family is taken care of. It reduces the stress and it reduces the amount of arguments in your marriage. There are so many benefits to financial freedom. So I hope that this episode was helpful and inspiring to you. As I said, more episodes on budgeting and home buying, retirement, all things financial are coming in the spring. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled. Until next time, keep on slaying your own fire-breathing dragons. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. I have a favor to ask. If you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on social. You can tag me on Instagram at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, and you can tag the podcast at Fulfilled Podcast. And please consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think, and your reviews can help other moms find me so they can grow alongside you. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to subscribe so you get next week's episode automatically in your podcast queue. Instant inspiration and all the mom jokes? Yes, please. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled the Podcast.